with James after three hospitalizations and a month in the hospital. I'm truly thankful to be back in the house of the Lord. And uh, I didn't think there was any way that I'd ever live to be able to come back. And uh, when I was uh, even Monday, you know, the doctor there at Clinch Valley, she said, we'll let you go home Thursday. Well, Friday. Uh, well, we want to put that off to Monday. And I started the next week, and I said, now look, we've gone far enough with this. I said, one way or the other, I'm leaving here today. And, uh, and so she said, the only way I can discharge you here today is with hospice care. I said, bring it on, sister. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out of here. I can't live here in this hospital room anymore. I've had enough, and I'm going home. And you know, when they, they let me go home uh, the other day, and they brought me home, and I got to lay down in my own bed for the first time in over a month, and uh, and Carolyn got me ready, and I went to sleep, and I never woke up any that night. Now, you're talking about a person who is having nightmares every night. And I laid down in my bed and went to sleep. But uh, I wanted to say this. I realize there is a great spiritual battle going on over this church, over this country, and over me personally. And uh, I laid down to go to sleep. What night was that? Friday night. And uh, uh, I'd had this dream last year. And the most wicked, pernicious, ugly, shameful characters I'd ever seen in my life. And they came rejoicing. And they said, we're going to destroy your name and ministry. And uh, boy, you're talking about a man who started praying. And I said, Lord, these, these evil beings and creatures they really mean this. And if you don't come to me and help me, they will be able to do it. And when I saw their lineup of all the horrible looking stuff that they had, at the end they had Brother Seth Phillips. And, uh, and so, and I thought, Lord God, an accusation, you know, made by an elder against the pastor. He'll never live that down. And uh, so anyhow, uh, the prosecutor came by and he whispered as he went by and he said, I think you're going to clear yourself. <laughs> and, uh, and so when uh, they started presenting it, and everything that they presented 
was a pernicious lie, and pernicious lies cannot stand the truth. Right. And so everything they started presenting blowed right up in their face, and it was just total chaos. And they come to Seth, and it was such a mess there. And whatever charges they had, Brother Seth opened it up, and he looked at it with the most disgust and threw it down in there, and it all collapsed. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful that the Lord is our keeper and our help. I'm not sure glad to be here today. The Lord is our helper, is he not? Hallelujah. Thank the Lord we were able to be here today. I could sit here all day and all night and not thank you all enough for what you've done for us, how you have stood by us and your support. And just um, so many here, many, 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 I could not sit here all day and thank you enough. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And yes, Philip woke up this morning around 4.30. I got to get up and take a bath, you know. I said, Philip, I was hoping I'd get a good night's sleep. You know, last night I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> so he wakes up. And so he was awake from then on. And he actually went out in his little office and stayed out there for a good while. And he wanted me to be able to rest. But we're just uh, appreciate. I feel so, so unworthy, you know. Philip has put his life into this, and I appreciate what he's done, too. And I've tried to stand by him. But um, I love all of you. I love everyone here. And I appreciate all that you've done to make this day just amazing. So amazing. Well, we are glad to have them home. Not just to that hill over there, but home here in the church. So wonderful to have them back in the house of the Lord. Did you know... If you don't, if you haven't had a chance, come up here and look at Brother Phillip's shoes. He's got hay dudes on. Many years. And uh, sometimes he gives me a hard time, but uh, I love him a lot. I remember the first time I heard Brother Neil. We went to Norman, Oklahoma. Brother uh, Don Rich was pastor there. And Brother Neil and Brother Ralph preached together in that meeting. And uh, I was privileged to go outside of Virginia and went to Oklahoma. And I took pictures all the way out there and all the way back. And I was fascinated at all the oil wells and stuff. And I trying to get my wife to look at all those. But... Uh, she didn't get as excited as I did at the pictures because she was not able to go at that time. But, but anyway, Brother Neil preached a message from Job. He poured me out like milk, and he curdled me like cheese. I've never forgot that, Brother Neil. I think that was in 1970-something. I'm not sure. Uh, Brother Neil could probably tell you. And he told about when his house burned up. You remember that? And, uh, and God just helped him through all of that. And the IRS. And, 
helped him through that during that time. Everything burned up and everything looked like was against him. And I've been there with the IRS. And I'll go to my grave and that's all I'm going to say about it. Believing I didn't know what they said I did. But anyway, God is faithful. So good to have Brother Neil with us. He's, he'll be preaching Pine Creek's homecoming starting Wednesday night. And so we're honored to have Brother Neil to come and just be a part of this today. Come, Brother Neil, say something for us. If I don't look all right, blame Sister Aranda with it. She was over there cleaning up Brother Keith, straightening him all out. And of course, y'all know I don't have nobody to look after me, so she was doing old Keith over there, and I, I said, look at me, and I said, she said, yeah, I think you look all right. So if I don't, blame her with it. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Sister April had called or text uh, and asked me to send something for today. I appreciate what all these brothers has done in sending in. And uh, I, uh, I, I could have done that, got somebody to do it. I can't do it, but I could have been on there, okay? Uh, but uh, I told him, I said, better than that, I'm going to come. So I'm here today because of your pastor and my buddy and my pal and my friend and his precious wife that's been great friends of ours. Uh, a lot of things that, of course, you know, preachers, they can always talk. Uh, one, one fellow said to me one time, said, you talk a lot. I said, well, I get paid for it. What's your excuse? But uh, if I could, and I can't, but I'd like to represent somebody that can't be here today. <clears throat> somebody that thought Brother Philip about hung the moon. I mean. A lot of you know, and especially Sister Doris, and of course it would have been Sister Geraldine and Sister Connie, and some of you were so close, and Sister Carolyn to Joanne. She loved this church. She loved these people, but she loved all of you. Brother Ralph and Sister Doris was a great impact on her life, and of course, she wasn't like me. She wasn't a blabbermouth like me. She's very reserved, very quiet. She didn't sing. If you wasn't around her, you wouldn't know she was around. She never tried to make any scene of any kind. A lot of places we went, people ignored her. A lot of camp meetings we were in, they never called her name. 
But that congregation didn't realize the value of that woman that sat among them and the jewel that was there. But she'd say about Brother Philip because Brother Philip would always recognize her and really he talked more about her than he would about me, which I saw that. I loved it. But she said, she would always say, you know, Neil, Brother Philip always recognizes me and always, always let me know that I'm in the congregation. So if I could say anything today, I'd like to say it from her side and from her point of view, Brother Philip. But not only did I love you, but Joanne highly loved you and esteemed you and appreciated the way that you always recognized and honored her. It's just a privilege and an honor to drive this 383 miles just to get here and tell you how much I appreciate you and Sister Carolyn. Let me tell this and I'll step down. Joanna got to the place that she didn't hardly know anything. Brother Philip and Sister Carolyn had been in Alabama doing a wedding on the way back. They called the house and uh, talked to me, of course, and said, uh, we can't stay long. We can only stay 30 minutes, but we want to run by and see Sister Joanne and you. And uh, they were coming through Madison, which that means nothing to you, but it's 32 miles from Madison to my house and then 32 miles back to, to 20 and said, we got to head on back, but we can only stay 30 minutes. And uh, I said, well, we want you to, of course, we understand, and I know you got a schedule, and I understand you can only stay 30 minutes, but if we could come to Madison, could you and Sister Carolyn stay longer and we could be together longer? He said, yeah. I said, could we be there the 30 minutes or more that it'll take you to drive here, drive back to Madison to get on your journey? Could we use that time just for us to be together? He said, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I said, I don't know. Let me talk to the girls. Let me see if they can get her ready. See if I can get it fixed up where we can bring her. I spoke to the girls, sure. So they dressed her, fixed her hair. We went up to the Burger King in uh, Madison, Georgia, and met Brother Philip, Sister Carolyn. And uh, who only, I don't know. But Brother Philip got, I think, three calls. And he would put it on the speaker because people were wanting prayer. So uh, he would turn it on and he'd say, well, Brother Neil says, joins here with Carolyn and me. And uh, we're going to pray. And we did pray. Joanne didn't sing. And if I asked her to testify, she'd rebuke me for asking in front of people. I told her one time, I'm going to quit him asking you because you always get up and say, well, Neil knows better than that. But anyway, back to the subject. Uh, we'd pray, and she'd pray. 
And of course, the time come that we had to leave, and they, they come here, and we head back home. She walked in, and the girls were there, and she said, oh, I tell y'all, I wish you could have been in this camp meeting with us in tonight. I tell you, that's one of the best camp meetings I've been in, and I don't know when. What a camp meeting. The Lord was there. I can't hardly wait to get back tomorrow night to that camp meeting. How wonderful and how precious that camp meeting was. To her, it was more than a Burger King. It was a camp meeting. There's a couple and the Lord that made it possible. There's not one day that I can remember that I don't pray. I don't call him very much until you've been where he is with your lungs. It's hard for you to comprehend. A few times, Sister Carolyn, you know I'll do it. I'll text you, whatever. But I'm telling you one thing. I'm glad to have people like that in my corner and to be my friends. What a great honor and a privilege it is to be here, see all of you, and most of all, to honor one of the most precious couples that we have in the holiness ranks. God bless you. certainly appreciate those kind words, Brother Neil, and uh, he's been a faithful friend to this church for many years. So good to have one of the great preachers of our day preaching this pastor's appreciation. So good to have Brother Kevin, Sister Kim, and their family come. Brother Kevin, your, your wife, sing, take your liberty in the Lord. Thank you, Brother Roger. I just want to say right here, right in the beginning, thank you so much for permitting me and my family to be a part of this wonderful day. I, I count it a tremendous honor uh, to get to be involved. We love your pastor, Brother Phillips, Sister Carolyn. I think they are tremendous people. <clears throat> They've been so kind to us. And I've not had the privilege to know them as long as you have. But uh, people that are as good as they are, you don't have to know them long to realize how good they are. And I tell you what, we, we count it an honor to call them friends and to call you folks here at Richlands friends. And I've been looking forward to this day. And I'm just so glad I got to be part and hear all the wonderful things. Didn't you love that? that uh video that Sister April put together. Wasn't that great? Yeah, give her a hand. <clears throat> I love how she saved the best for last two, all those children. I love that. Don't you love that? Yes. That's great. Amen. Worship with us as we sing. Appreciate Brother Sister Horton. Probably shouldn't say much, I'll just start crying. But I honor them and I highly respect them and want to thank them for paving the way for us. Oh, 
a good old song, isn't it? It's a song that I'm sure many of us can resonate with here today, no matter what's come our way. We got to trust in Him, don't we? Oh my, I tell you, I, you, you preachers understand, probably some of you, how I feel here today, overwhelmed, honored, um, just so many words come to my mind, and honestly, so many words leave my mind. I, I, do, I do have a word, though. I have a text, and it is a text that is inspired by the Holy Ghost. And I, I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. With all the wonderful things that have been said today, all of the notable people that have participated, who have both been here and uh, some that participated through the video, I, I thought that was a, a wonderful thing to do. Uh, you understand how I, I feel just somewhat overwhelmed, but I, I really, if I can say this right and and present it the right way, I think one of the greatest things that we could have here today is for the Holy Ghost to speak to us. How many like to hear from the Holy Ghost today? And I, 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 I think what we're doing here today is, is proper, good, and right. And I'm anticipating the Holy Ghost to speak to us. I felt him speaking to me in prayer as I tried to prepare my heart for this occasion, and like I said, I do have a text that's inspired by him, and I, I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost many years ago, and so I'm, I'm just going to do my best to preach this text to you. He instructed preachers to preach the word in season, out of season, no matter what the season is, you preach the word, because it really doesn't depend on us as much as it depends on him. Not to take away from any preacher, no, especially not on a day like today, but we understand that a minister is a vessel in the hand of God. Can I get a witness here? So I want you to look, if you would, to 1 Timothy chapter 5, and I'm going to read some select verses, and I invite you to put your hand up right now and ask God to help us and open our ears and hearts. Father, I thank you for the word of God for the wonderful things that we have heard today. And I've genuinely felt your spirit as we have been thankful for this pastor that you've provided for this congregation. Oh God, I ask for that same unction of the Holy Ghost to minister to this flock and to minister to this pastor and to meet us in this place on your day today, Lord, the Lord's day and this wonderful day of pastor appreciation Speak to us by your spirit, I pray, in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. First Timothy chapter 5, I'll read select verses beginning in verse number 1. Rebuke not an elder, but 
entreat him as a father. He goes on to give some various instructions for different members of the congregation. He talks about younger men, elder women, mothers, younger sisters, and widows, and a number of things to say, but he begins it here with rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. Now, if you'll go down to verse number 17, he picks up where he started in verse 1, and he says, let the elders that rule well. So you see, elder does speak of age, but it also speaks of a person who occupies a certain position. And so here he says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. The laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. Perhaps these seem to be unique scriptures to take up on a day like today. I did notice as all of the scriptures were displayed before service started here today that one verse in particular that's part of my text was among those. We've heard some wonderful things from all of the others and I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for what we've heard today. I want to I preach to you here. My title is probably generic, but you know, it is what it is, but it seemed fitting. And I want to preach to you today about how to appreciate your pastor. How to appreciate your pastor. And I have already said it and I'll say it again. I want to commend you as the Richlands Tabernacle for all that you have done, all the planning, all the effort, everything that you have done to have a pastor appreciation service. I think you've done well. I think you've done right. I think you've done proper and good in the sight of God. I commend you for it. Appreciation. That's what this day is about. That's what we're here to do and let me, let me just take a moment to define the word appreciate. We all understand it, but the formal definition of it is to recognize the full worth of. Whether it's someone or something. And I've got to say right here at the onset, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that we cannot really recognize the full worth of Brother Philip and Sister Carolyn here today. But I think we need to do what we can. And, you know, really, I think that's one reason that the judgment is put off. The judgment of rewards for the children of God is put off for a long time because I don't think that the full appreciation of what we do in this life is even ended when our life ends because of the influence that goes on and on and on. And God, who is a faithful God, is faithful to give us our just reward for everything that we do for him. Even if it outlives us. Can I get a witness on that? But I think we're doing well to give it what we can here to appreciate the pastor Today, Now, I want to do a couple of things as I delve into the text here this morning. 
And if you'll just bear with me, I want to ask a couple of questions. I thought about passing out some papers and pencils and maybe getting you to write some answers down, but that seems too much like a test today. And nobody likes tests. So, but I will, I will ask you to really think about what I'm going to say, and it's not a hard question, and it's just simply this. How do you appreciate your pastor? I'm not talking about necessarily for what you think, and that's part of it, to realize the full worth of something. But uh, let, me, let me frame the question, and I want you, I want you to think about it. <clears throat> Maybe if you've got a pen and pencil, you, you would jot it down for your own benefit. But how do you appreciate your pastor? And what I'm, what I'm driving at by that is what have you done to appreciate your pastor? I'm, I'm not here to challenge us nor rebuke us. I'm here to observe these verses in the Word of God. And I think it's a proper thing for us to take them up on a notable day like today. Let me ask another question here. Two questions. This is the second one. How should a church appreciate its pastor? Or uh, I'll, I'll make it like this. How should we show appreciation? I've already told you that I think you're doing a pretty good job here today. And you've scheduled this service. You've planned a meal You've said heartfelt words, and I think God takes note of them, and I think Brother Philip and Sister Carolyn takes note of them. Words are powerful, folks. Somebody said something one time, and I don't, I don't agree with it. They, they said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't believe that because words can do a lot of hurt. They can also do a lot of encouragement, can they not? Think about a God who's going to judge every idle word. Think about a rapture that can take place at any moment and a judgment that will take into account every idle word. I think that shows us a little bit about the value of words. And so I appreciate, I, I, as an outsider looking in, I, I say I appreciate the things that you have said today. I'm sure that folks are giving gifts. And, and I commend you for all that you're doing and have done. God bless you for it. My third action today after I've asked these two questions here is to try if the Holy Ghost would help me to expound this inspired text. Uh, amen. I'm, I'm, I'm not really a good preacher, but I've got a good text because the Holy Ghost gave the text. And if I can get in the spirit and in the spirit of what he's trying to say to the church in this text, I think God will get some good out of, out of this service here today. And so I want to try to explain some of the truths from this book here of 1 Timothy, especially chapter 5. You know this, this whole book here of 1 Timothy is written to a young pastor. And one of the ideas in mind is the Holy Ghost is inspiring Paul as the church is in its developing stage to basically set the parameters for what a pastor is, what a pastor should be. We most often, when we go to this book concerning a pastor, we most often go to the third chapter and we look at the requirements and the qualifications, and we ought to do that. But it's in this chapter that the address is not necessarily for the requirements and the qualifications of what the man should be in order to be the pastor. 
But it's in this chapter that he takes up the congregation and how they should react towards him and respond to him, especially in difficult times and, and in times where there's, there's situations that are not necessarily the normal. And so I'd, I'd like to look at it here today. How do we appreciate our pastor? I want to do it like the book lays it out. How about you? Now, this first verse here, although it may seem odd to you, there's a message in it. I mean, there's a plain message in the statements, but there's, there's, there's an attitude here. And, and the first thing that I'll point out here in verse number one is this speaks about how you respect the man of God. And so how do we appreciate a pastor? I think we need to talk about how do we respect the man of God. More specifically, perhaps I could say our attitude as we approach him. I think this verse gives me a lot of license to say this. Be careful how you talk to him. Be careful how you talk to the pastor. Now, there's, there's a proper balance, and I think it's found between the guardrails of these two first statements. In verse number one, it says, Rebuke not an elder but entreat him as a father. You ever got caught up in something before? I have. You ever got caught up in something good? You ever got caught up in something bad? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll just embarrass old Kev here today. I was a student at Free Gospel Bible Institute. I heard an elder pastor say one time, if you want to know something, ask a freshman in Bible school because they know everything. Well, I was a senior. So I should have known even more, Brother Bridges. And uh, Brother Chester Heath, some of you here may have known Brother Chester Heath. Man of God, he was probably the eldest teacher there. He was a dear friend of Brother Beam, who was the president. And he was teaching class one day. And I don't remember all the particulars, but he had made some statements. And there were some, some young friends of mine that got, got a little, whatever you want to call it here. And they, they, they started saying some things back and, and, you know, they wanted to voice their opinion, which was contradicting the opinion of Brother Heath, pastor, man of God, elder. Anyway, you looked at it, he fulfilled what this verse was talking about. And my mama taught me to be respectful. Can I hear an amen on that? My mama, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that a lot of parents taught their children. But there's one thing my mother taught me and she drove it home was to be respectful towards authority. My mama put the fear of God in me. And it started by her putting the fear of mama in me first. That's right. You know, it's a biblical approach. Honor thy father and thy mother. Because before a child understands that there's a God, he understands there's a mama and a daddy. And they're God's representative in the home of who he is and what he's like. And, and uh, she had a certain way to handle disrespect. And I'll not go into all those details, but it worked pretty good. But I got caught up. I got caught up, Brother Philip, that day. And, and I, I said some things. And, and I, you know, I got caught up in the heat of the moment. And, I'll never forget it. The class ended, and as soon as I walked out, I felt condemned in my heart, convicted by the Holy Ghost, and uh, so convicted, I went back to Brother Heath after the break was over, and I went straight to him. I said, Brother Heath, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have spoke like that. 
will you forgive me? And he's so gracious. Such a gracious man. Such a godly man. Of course he forgave me. And I, I did take the liberty because now I wanted to be instructed. And, uh, you know, instruction's a wonderful thing. Correction's a wonderful thing. Now, it's not as pleasant as instruction. Can I get a witness here? But they're both wonderful. And I, I asked him because I was interested this time. He, you know, I, and, and I, I admitted my fault. I, I said, the Bible says rebuke not an elder. And I, I shouldn't have talked the way I did. Brother, Brother Heath, I, I want you to forgive me. I said, but, but since, since we're talking about this, I, I, I do want you to help me. And I'll never forget what he said to me. And that's why I'm mentioning him here today. I said, Brother Heath, I mean, you know, what, what if, what if a, an elder does say something wrong or do something wrong? How, how are we supposed to deal with that? I've obviously, you know, not, not done right today. But, but, but what, what is a person supposed to do? And he said, I think you'll find the answer in the verse that you've quoted. It does say rebuke not an elder. He said, but it also goes on to say entreat him as a father. And so I, I'll never forget it. Amen. We can talk to a man of God. He's not off limits. We can go to him. In fact, a man of God, a pastor, is usually one of the most accessible people that there is. Can I get a witness here today? We're not to rebuke him, but we ought to be able to go to him and entreat him and talk to him. And so it's an attitude that's being addressed here in how we talk to somebody. I doubt that you'll ever get a chance to talk to your president. You probably would have some things to say if you could. I doubt that you'll get a chance to do that. Have you prayed for him? You're commanded to. Whether he's a Democrat or a Republican. That's not popular, but it's biblical. You probably will have a difficult time getting a hold of your senator. You might be able to get through to your representative's office and you might even briefly get a meeting with him if you go to the Capitol. But if you do, I doubt that you would speak to one of these dignitaries like you speak to your peers. You would probably address him in such a way that would give respect to the office that he holds, even if he's a politician that, 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 that has ideas that are different than you are, I suspect that you would approach him respectfully and you should. My point is simply this. When we consider God's divine representative who is heaven sent to represent the word of God and the laws of God and the truths of God, he's not only our prayer partner and warrior and intercessor before the throne of God but he is in that precarious place of having to stand before us and declare the whole counsels of the word of God he's heaven's divinely selected representative I think that we ought to realize there's a way we need to talk to somebody who's got such a dignified position that heaven has installed him with and the church said amen. amen and you've done it today you, you, you've spoken such wonderful things and have done it so well like I said I'm not here to rebuke us I'm here to commend us and, and to let the word of God speak to us for what it is
I believe the Bible is the best commentary on itself. I really do. There's another place we find this word entreat. And it's used in the parable of the prodigal son. There's a conversation that takes place between the father and the elder brother. They have a conversation about the reception of the prodigal son. And the elder brother doesn't agree with what's going on there that day. I've pondered that story. I'm sure I've got a lot more pondering to do on that story. But let me say this. It seems that that older brother was very concerned. I don't think he intended to be disrespectful to his father. Perhaps he could have spoken better. I'll leave that to the judgment of you. Amen. But it does appear from the father's answer to him that he misunderstood the father's intentions. Have you ever misunderstood somebody? And he sees this welcome of his prodigal brother who's wasted all of the father's goods and he realizes his faithfulness with the father's goods and the father in fact does not rebuke him but in fact assures him all I have is thine I'm not going to divide it again what he has wasted he has wasted and what is yours is still yours can I get a witness on that Amen. This wise father sets an example for the conversation and he recognizes the reality of this son's feelings and the justice in his feelings. And the Bible says that he went out and entreated him. He spoke to him with such loving words and such wonderful tones so as to reconcile him and clear up the misunderstanding. I'm telling I wonder how many misunderstandings could be resolved if we would guard the tone of our voice when we talk about them. Oh, come on, help me here today. The word fitly spoken. Fitly spoken. It's like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Just a quick sermon on words, and I'm moving on here. Watch the timing. Watch the tone and watch the topic. I think if we'll set a watch before our mouth and watch the timing, well, maybe it needs to be said, but this isn't the right time. Watch the tone. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And watch the topic. And the church said amen to me. Next thing this text takes up in this chapter, verse number 17, the next idea is about how we reward the man of God. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Now, that's not just a feeling that's felt in the heart, but it is a feeling that prompts an action. Especially they who labor... In the word and doctrine, and just in case they've not caught on, he gives the example in the next verse. He says, For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. I kind of hate being called an ox. 
They was making fun of my desk. Some of the lady students at Free Gospel one day, Brother Horton, and it was kind of messy. And I, you know, I took them to that verse where it said, where there is no ox, the crib is clean. But there's a lot of, and I'm not quoting it exactly, but you remember the verse, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work done with the ox. I thought I did pretty good. They said, clean your desk, you big ox. That's what my fellow students told me. Well, here, here it, it does command the man of God to an ox, but not to the crib. It, it compares him to the ox that's treading out the corn. He's laboring, and in his labor, he is producing the benefit of something that everybody can enjoy. He's treading, and while he's treading, the corn is becoming palatable to anybody else for them to get a hold of it. And then it says this, don't muzzle that ox that's treading out the corn. He's working. Don't put a muzzle on him and prevent him from partaking of the labors, amen, of the benefit of his own labors. In fact, if he rules well, if he labors in the word and doctrine, you ought to count him worthy of double honor. You ought to let him eat twice as much. Somebody wave at me today. You ever work overtime? How many's ever worked overtime? How many likes to work overtime? If you do like it, I'm going to tell you why you like it. It's because uh, of the pay that you get. How many, how many likes to work overtime with no pay? Nobody likes to do that, do they? We can't appreciate the pastor enough for his time. The full worth. The overtime. Hello? I mean, you heard it. He can't even go to Burger King without having a prayer meeting. I'm just trying to make you laugh today. But I'm also trying to point out, you don't clock in and clock out when you're a pastor. I don't put my phone on silent. Hello? Because somebody may need prayer in the middle of the night. Now sometimes I put it on do not disturb because I'm praying. But it's right there and I need to pray instead of talking about the fish I just caught. Come on, say amen to me. But it's right there, and if it does ring, I still see it, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to return that call. I've got to pray. I've got to study the Word of God. I've got to labor in the Word and in doctrine. Can I hear an amen? you got a, you got a pastor who labors. You can tell it when he stands in a pulpit. Here he is in a chair today. Amen. And they hand him the microphone, and we can tell instantly that he's been in the Word of God He's been in the presence of God. He's a voice for God. A voice set here for this hour and for this generation. You, you can't really put a value on that. I sure don't want to devalue it. I don't want to count him worth half honor. I'm not looking for a bargain for a pastor. I'm looking, I'm looking to do what the scripture says and count him worthy of double honor. Oh, somebody say amen here today. 
Amen. Do we do we pay the preacher enough for his time? I don't think we can. Uh, do we pay him for his overtime? I, I wonder if we think about it. That's why I'm preaching like I am here today because it's in the Word of God. And so God wants us to think about it. And I thought this was a good day for us to think about it. This last idea comes out of the 19th verse. And I took courage when I heard Brother Philip speak along these lines when he exhorted us here today. I felt like God gave me something to say. And when it harmonized with the voice that God has said in this church, I took courage today. Amen. This last idea in our text, verse 19, I'm going to try to close shortly, is about how you receive things that are said about him. Specifically, accusations. Pastor's already had a dream about how hell wants to destroy his ministry. Hell wants to destroy every ministry. Are you listening to me here? Andrew Jackson called for some Marines in one of his battles, and they weren't able to send him Marines, but they sent him a a regiment of Kentucky Long Riflemen. And as the forces, enemy forces, charged against Jackson's forces, those Kentucky Long Riflemen leveled their guns and fired, and all of a sudden the enemy uh, regiments went into disarray and they retreated and regrouped and charged again and again they fired and the same thing happened several times until the forces finally retreated and when they when they examined the casualties on the battlefield they, they saw it happening before them every time they charged all of the officers fell. And when they appointed new officers in charge, they were shot. Those, those marksmen knew what they were aiming at. And what amazed them was every one of them were shot with headshots. Those boys had been hunting squirrels and going for headshots. And they knew what they were after. I'm going to tell you what, there's a devil out there. And he's a marksman. He's got your pastor in the crosshairs. And, and he's got every preacher that there is in the crosshairs because he's got the church in the crosshairs and and I want to make sure by the grace of God that my finger's never on the trigger oh God help me here to preach to your precious saints today we shouldn't be surprised that a pastor would be accused oftentimes falsely accused it's the practice of the devil to accuse the saints. Amen. Yeah, it is. Day and night. While we're sleeping, he's busy making accusations against the saints day and night before the throne of God. And so if he will audaciously go into such a holy chamber as that, and make accusations against holy people like the saints, would he not try to sneak into a congregation and do the same malicious things that he tries to do in the heavenly realm? Somebody help me preach today. 
he accused God before the throne of God. And you can be sure that he, uh, or excuse me, he accused Job before the throne of God. That's what I meant to say. He accused Job before the throne of God. And you can be sure that he accused God before Job. In fact, that was the devil's first tactic in the Garden of Eden was to suggest an accusation against God to Eve in the garden. God's trying to keep you from being like him. He's trying to keep the best from you. No, he's not. He's given the best to you. So we see this idea in the oldest book of the Bible, the book of Job. This idea is in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And it pops up in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. We see them rejoicing in heaven when he's finally cast down. And one of the reasons they're rejoicing is because that old accuser who had accused the saints before God day and night, he's finally, he's finally got no more access at all. They cut his phone line. Oh, help me, Lord. Now, look, I made my mind up a long time ago as a pastor to try not to ever take it personally if something was said against me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you that's been an easy commitment to keep. But I'm determined. I've pastored for 17 years now. Two different churches. That's not counting the one I've pastored for two months. This is what I figure. If God, who has a perfect government... In his divine wisdom is enduring accusations against his government right now. Then who am I to expect better treatment than God? Can I get a witness? I'm not unrealistic. Amen. So that's what I say to myself. But I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I'm talking about accusations. Words used about four times in the scripture. and Believe it or not, they're accusations against our Lord. And the scripture tells us in the gospels that they brought accusations to Pilate. And in fact, they even had two or three witnesses. Now, Pilate's error was that he did not dismiss what was clearly a testimony that was not credible because their testimonies would not agree. But he was at least careful enough to make sure that there were witnesses against this man named Jesus. Don't receive every report. That's what he's saying here. So we started off with by be careful how you talk to him. And now we're ending with be careful what you hear about him. Don't believe everything you hear. Oh, I need some amens today. This man of God is held to a high standard. One of the requirements that we're held to is to be blameless. 
So shouldn't we be held to the high standard of carefulness in what we say and even in what we hear? I wish I could preach better to you today. There's a proper way to do it. Two or three witnesses. Oh, God. Oh, God. I got to close today. We're going to have a wonderful time of fellowship. We're going to enjoy a good meal. If Jesus tarries, we'll be back tonight. But my final idea is simply this, to appreciate your pastor. Pray for your pastor. I want you to stand with me right now all across this house. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to have, I'm going to have Brother Bridges come. You'll understand why in a minute. Listen to me. Did you know that sometimes the best thing you can do for your situation is to pray for somebody else? See, I heard that sermon too, and I thought of it today. Poured out like milk and curdled like cheese. And I'll never forget when you told us at export that the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know God can minister to us while we're praying for somebody else? Especially while we're praying for a man of God. You came here today with a need. And I want to tell you what. I believe God can meet your need while you're praying for this man of God today. Hallelujah. I felt like God wanted me to get somebody to pray and lead us in prayer. And I wasn't sure who I was going to get. And the Holy Ghost prompted my heart and said, get Brother Bridges to do it today. Amen. I I, I didn't even know until I got here that he was going to be here. But I think we need to follow the Holy Ghost. Brother Bridges, come on. I want everybody to stretch your hand, right hand toward Brother Philip. Everybody. We're coming in the name of Jesus Christ. The Son of God. We believe in you, Lord. Not only are you a prayer answer, but you're a great healer and a deliverer. Work a miracle, and only you can do it. We'll give all the glory, praise, and honor. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, above all, above all that we think or ask. Hey, 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 hey. According to the power of God. Let the power of God work in Brother Philip Horton. Rebuke this cancer. Rebuke this situation. Heal by the stripes. Deliver. Oh, hallelujah. We'll praise. We'll honor. We'll thank. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. For it's none other name than the name of Jesus Christ. You said whatsoever we ask the Father in thy name, you do it. That you would do it, Lord. We can't do it. Doctors can't do it, but you can do it. You can do it. Hallelujah. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hallelujah. You said you would do it. Oh, that you may be glorified. Hallelujah in the Father. 
Oh, God the Father, by Jesus Christ, who can do it, heal this body. And we'll do nothing but give you the glory, the praise, and honor, every bit of it in the name of Jesus, to God the Father by the Holy Ghost. Ha! Hey, 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 hey. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, church, could we come around this altar for a few moments of prayer? Give honor to the Lord for this precious day that he's granted us. Could we do it? Come, let's spend a few moments in prayer. Amen. We've still got plenty of time. We want you to eat with us today. So please, let's come and give honor to the Lord today. <laughs>